Do you like to be the first name of your sex tape? Well, if you like to be the first to listen to podcasts, you might want to check out our Patreon because now we're offering a brand new membership tier called Name of Your Sex Tape. I couldn't help it, guys. I'm sorry. For five pounds a month, you'll get an ad-free version of our weekly episode on a Tuesday, a full day earlier than its usual release. So you can be the very first to talk about how funny our guest was, how quickly you cracked the case, or how badly I answered a question. Plus, you'll get all the benefits of our regular tier, including our live Zoom records, a special shout out on the podcast, and if you really like to hear us talk, we've got an entire back catalog of extra content. Check it out on patreon.com forward slash drunk women solving crime. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Fancy coming along to see Drunk Women Solving Crime live? Ooh, yes please. Why not join us for our monthly London residency at the marvellous Museum of Comedy? We've got monthly shows through to June. Plus, every show is a double header, so you get to see us record not one, but two episodes with two fantastic guests. You can find tickets on our website, drunkwomensolvingcrime.com. Shows are selling out fast, so be quick. Noise. Noise. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Drunk Women Solving Crime will be live at the Clapham Grand on the 15th of December, as well as being joined by the amazing Kate Thornton. They can also announce that one of the stars of Netflix's The Duchess, Michelle Deswatt, will also be joining them. But if that still isn't enough Katie, Hannah and Taylor, then why not head over to their Patreon page and see what extra content you can get. There are videos, extra audio content, as well as ad-free episodes and shout-outs. Just go to Patreon com forward slash drunk women solving crime but right now we continue men's month with a very special guest it's adam buxton drunk women solving is Drunk Women Solving Crime. My name's Hannah George and I'm a screenwriter. I'm joined by author and comedian Katie Wilkins. Hello. And writer-comedian Taylor Glenn. Hello. This is where absinthe meets arson, Negroni meets necrophilia, and Grand Marnier meets Grand Theft Auto. It's a true crime podcast with a twist of lime. Coming up on Drunk Women Solving Crime. Just gonna clunk this one in. That sounds like sexy talk. (laughs) (laughs) I have been conscious of every single swallow that I've done since we started recording, and they've all been very loud. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still stuck on genital dripping, but anyway. (laughs) Do you think Eugene Levy ensures his eyebrows? That's a good question, because they really do look like bits of gaffer tape, don't they? (laughs) Now it's time. Drunk Women Solving Crime. Hello and welcome to another episode of Drunk Women Solving Crime Men's Month. Today, 
we are joined by a man. It is the brilliant Adam Buxton. Yay! Hello. I'm going to do my man, my my best impression of a man, <laughs> a manly man. I'm going to try and be. I'm going to try and have firm opinions Ooh. and uh, be forthright. Okay, and I'm yes. going to. I'm going to try and make, I might raise my voice and get angry. <laughs> and can you make sure you're talking over us at the same time as well? I, I will absolutely be talking over you. And I will probably, I'll probably ignore a lot of what you said. Or, or I'll just go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I won't be taking any of it in. It's the three men's month, yes. Oh, God. That's great. That's such a good takedown. Um, so we have one question on this podcast, and that is, Adam, have you ever been the victim of a crime? Oh, mate, <laughs> so much crime. I mean, where do you start? Existential crime, romantic crime, <gasps> uh, spiritual crime. Mm. But yes, I think you're talking about actual crime, aren't you? And so, so the answer is still yes. <laughs> Uh, I'm glad to say nothing too horrific. Okay. okay. I do think I'm the, probably the kind of person that is a bit fatalistic in some ways, so that Ooh. if something happens to me like that, I tend not to log it. Like, I get over oh. it very fast. I just go, oh, well. Okay. Mm. okay. And I move on. So we on. just want you to dredge that up for us, if <laughs> yeah. you will. Really dwell yeah. on it now. <laughs> so I am going to, but, but what I do dwell on is crimes involving my bike. Because I love to cycle around. Ah. And, uh, you know, I'm saving the planet. Yes. I, I, I love being, I'm a control freak. So I like just knowing that I'm going to get from A to B in a certain amount of time. Yeah, yeah. I love, uh, you know, doing a bit of exercise, <laughs> but not very much. And it's all good. So yeah. when someone steals my bike, which used to happen quite often when oh. I lived in London. Wow. Mm -hmm. It really interrupted the routine in a disastrous way. Yeah. And I ended up having fantasies <laughs> about catching someone actually stealing my bike one day. <laughs> yes. Do you remember, have, have any of you interrupted a crime in progress and dealt with an actual baddie? Oh, I'll tell you what, this might, um, this might sort of like be on your radar of things you'd like to do for a bike crime is that my bike was stolen and then I walked into town, maybe oh, it was months later, saw a bloke riding it. So I confronted him and oh. he, was about, he was about six foot six. I don't know what I was doing, but I was just like, like, oh my God, that's my bike. That's my bike. And it was a girl's bike as well. Like it, it was not his bike. Yeah. And I literally, I went up to him and I said, where'd you get that bike? In that voice. Oi, that's a girl's bike. Yeah. <laughs> And I am the girl. What are you doing, you punts? <laughs> That's how I would have handled it. What did you say, Hannah? <laughs> well, no, I literally just said, where did you get that bike? And he immediately sort of knew he was rumbled because he went, um, um, car boot sale? And I was like, which car boot sale? Yeah. Uh, that would fox him. He could name a car boot sale. Yeah. Um, we didn't have one on February 4th. <laughs> This is the Isle of Wight, and I've got my finger on the pulse of all the car boot sales. And then I was like, I don't think you did. And he said, oh, my mate gave it to me. And I was like, where'd your mate get it? And then um, he said, have it back. And I was like, okay, it's my bike. Yeah. No way. My bike. Are you sure you didn't dream this? This is just my absolute fantasy. Yeah. Can you imagine as well? I got to ride the bike home, like wind in my hair. Amazing. Oh my. God. That's the end of the movie right there. Yeah. yeah I mean, it really, great. that is literally right, Katie. I think 
<laughs> if that happened to me, I would just stop doing everything because I would think, well, life's not going to get any better than that. Yeah. It's not going to get any more satisfying. Yeah, so what satisfying. happened in your, your fantasy then of kind of... My fantasy, and at one stage I got very close to doing this. When, when I started Ooh. doing TV in the late 90s with Joe Cornish and we, we did a show called The Adam and Joe Show. I remember. And a lot of it was homemade. And one of the ideas I had was let's... Uh, set up cameras and try and catch someone in the act of stealing my bike. And then we, you know, my idea was that I would have that kind of confrontation, the sort of thing that you've just described, Hannah. Mm -hmm. And it would be absolutely great TV. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. No (laughs) one went for that idea. But then there was a show. Do you remember a TV show that Guy Ritchie produced? Which was almost exactly that. He would he would set Ah. set up stings. He would oh, deliberately man. entrap people, basically, yeah. and then he would uh, his presenters would jump out and, and antagonize them and humiliate the them in a them, Guy yeah. Ritchie esque way. <laughs> like to yeah, catch it was, writer, but with Guy Ritchie and its bikes. Yeah, yeah <laughs> yes, it was. It was a totally indefensible pile of old shit <laughs> as a TV oh, show. Imagine the footage they couldn't use. That would be amazing. Yeah. There has to be so many that went wrong. Exactly. And totally yeah. illegal nightmare and uh, yeah. just the most just the most uh, mean spirited, bad faith idea ever. <laughs> anyway, I had that idea first. <laughs> 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 but luckily it never happened. So instead, I just had to fantasize about one day catching the people who nicked my bikes on a regular basis, despite the fact that I think I chained them up. Yeah. properly. Um, but there's two, the most recent ones. I mean, it happens less. I hung onto my bikes for a long time and then moved out to the country and then it happens much less. Yeah. But um, the most recent ones that were quite traumatic were, well, one of them was a couple of years back when I was in Los Angeles. Ooh. Ooh. Clan. And, yeah, yeah. I, I don't imagine any of you have been to Los Angeles. Where are you from, Taylor? You've got a bit of an accent on you. <laughs> have you ever been to Los Angeles? <laughs> Which one? <laughs> oh. Is that, so are there more than one? Is there more than one? Um, do you know, I made that joke and then I was like, wait, there is more than one. So... There probably is, isn't there? There's like, there's probably... Los Angeles Scarborough. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I'm a big deal over there. Oh, yeah. Los Angeles, Minnesota. (laughs) Yes, that's right. Yeah, they've got sort of multiple locations everywhere. There's there's probably a Scarborough in America, isn't there? There's everywhere in the UK is somewhere in America. Yeah, true. Anyway, I was in. But no, I'm an East Coaster, so I didn't grow up anywhere near LA. You're a sophisticated person. You wouldn't be seen dead in Los Angeles for crying out loud. (laughs) <laughs> neighborhoods oh yes anyway i was there and i was uh, i don't even remember why i was i think i was i was doing a show and trying to build my us profile and um i think that was the occasion on which i thought i'm going to stop building my us profile there's really no <laughs> point <laughs> i did a show and and uh, at one of my shows Literally one person turned up and it, and he was English. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, man. Was it yeah. Joe Cornish? <laughs> it wasn't. It was a guy who is now quite a successful comedy promoter called Michael Clapham. Amazing. Um, yeah. Like, is, books. 
Isn't there like yeah. something like two comedy clubs in LA? Isn't it like this crazy, like there's no theatres, it's all like about movies. There's no actual live scene or something. Yeah, maybe. I mean, the, the, there's comedy clubs that happen in weird venues. Oh, like okay. the the Nerdist uh, people used to have a a club that maybe it still happens in a at the back of a comic shop oh, and things okay. like that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, but I hired a bike basically because I don't, I don't, I mean, I can drive, but I don't really like to, and I prefer to get around on a and bike. It's so the I hired other a bike. Side of the road. Sorry to interrupt you. I gotta yeah. say, I'm shocked because, like, but like, I've I have been to LA, but not properly, like not for my career. Um, <laughs> but like the main thing I remember, like what to me LA is famous for is the traffic and that you can't walk anywhere; you have to drive. I can't picture cycling there. I can't. No one must be cycling apart from you. There, actually, there's more people than you might think. Okay. Um, and it's not too bad. I'm used to cycling in traffic. Okay. I don't mind it too much. And I didn't feel as though it was particularly dangerous. Okay. The thing, the thing that, as far as I'm aware, I think it's acceptable to cycle on the pavement in oh, LA. Oh, okay, okay. Much more than it is in the UK. Now, right. I'm sure there might be people from the US listening going, no, it's not, you fucking asshole. You're not supposed to cycle on the pavement. It's people like you, you ass white biscuit man that are ruining things, you Trump voting son of a bitch bastard. That's what Americans are like, isn't it? Spot on. That was yeah. very good. It was. It's like we had two tailors in the podcast. That's weird. Spooning. Anyway, so I was cycling on the pavement a fair bit. I apologize. Well, also, if you say pavement there, it just means you're on the street. So you're probably oh, like, yeah. you can cycle on the pavement. Like, sidewalk. Well, yes. Yeah. That's, that's right. That's yes. cycling. You were cycling on an indie band from the 90s? Why were you doing that? Um, no, I was, I was cycling on the sidewalk and mainly on the road. Anyway, one day I stopped off at a luxurious, aspirational middle-class shopping hub in the center of Los Angeles called, I think it's called, it was either the Grove. No, it's the Farmer's Market, I think. Mm. But maybe the Grove is next to it anyway it's okay. it's a sort of paradise of uh, j crews and apple stores okay. and uh, and a little bit of kind of street food boutique okay pajazzle and all that sort of stuff <laughs> and um i thought oh well no one's gonna nick my bike here but just in case <laughs> i'll chain the wheel to the frame because that's a little easier like i was sliding it into one of these bike racks where just the wheel goes into the rack. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And, yeah. and so it's quite hard to, I would have had to bend down and <laughs> chain the wheel to the rack. And I didn't want to no. do that. No, you're in LA now. Like exactly. you don't bend down for anyone. <laughs> you don't bend down. That's not how you yeah. get massively famous. No. So, <laughs> so I, uh, I just chained the, the, one of the wheels to the frame, which I do in the UK as well, if I'm just, nipping into a shop. Mm -hmm. That's usually a good disincentive for robbers, I reckon. Mm -hmm. mm. Not in this case. <laughs> when I came out 20 minutes later, the fucking bike was gone. Oh, I was like, oh, are man. you joking? Not only is it, you know, it's like you hired it as well. So now I'm going to have to pay for the oh, whole true. cost of the bike. And it was only, I'd only been there a day or something. <laughs> so then I went into the security shed in the shopping zone and they were very nice there. Um, 
and they had a big bank of TVs because the whole place is covered in CCTV, uh. so, which is another reason I thought it wouldn't get nicked. Right. right, yeah. And the guy, the security guy says, oh, whereabouts were you? Okay. Uh, and then he <laughs> plays back the footage, last 20 minutes. Hmm. Sure enough, there's oh. a bloke hovering oh. around my bike, wow. looking around sort of suspiciously a little bit. No one doing anything, obviously. <laughs> and but you couldn't see his face. I mean, right. there was a there was a glimpse of him. It was a bloke. I it, to me, it looked like Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> it, it, okay, no. It may no, have been. That's interesting. Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> I believe the vernacular is. It was a Mark Zuckerberg look, looking motherfucker. <laughs> and he just walked up to the bike, saw that I'd chained the wheel to the frame picked up the whole bike and just walked away with it as if he was carrying a piece of luggage. Wow. Oh, no. So did he leave the front wheel? No, just picked up the whole bike because the, 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 the bike was just a one removable unit. Yeah. Because you didn't, yeah. Because I oh. was a dick and I didn't chain it oh, to the uh, thing. Yeah. And it was so frustrating just watching him pick it up and walk away with it right there in the on the CCTV. Yeah. But he'd managed to shield his face sufficiently that yeah. he was not identifiable. It's kind of worse. You'd rather just have it in your imagination if nothing's gonna come of it, right? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Oh my goodness. Uh. And it was so it was so surreal. It was like it, it had happened, you know, five minutes previously. And I thought about kind of running around and seeing if I could find him. So I, I thought, oh, that's unlikely. Oh, and that's thanks sucks. for the sympathy noises. Then, <laughs> this is what happens when you come on a lady podcast. <laughs> yeah. That, if, it, if this was blokes, they'd be going, ah, you wanker. If this guy, Richie, he'd be going, ah, <laughs> you wanker. He'd <laughs> ah. be right. He'd be right. Yeah, but, exactly. um, <laughs> Then, oh, man. can I tell you about another one? Yeah, please. Um, I got this, this one hurt much more. Oh, because oh, this dear. was my beautiful pink Brompton foldy bike. Oh, apart from anything else, it was worth about three times more than this um, rental bike oh. in Los Angeles. They're not cheap, are they? The Brompton? I've, not, I've never seen a pink one either. Is that a special edition? Oh, there's quite a few pink ones. Now that really? I've mentioned the existence of pink Bromptons, you'll see them wherever I'll you go. I'll see them everywhere. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. But it was it was a shade of pink. It was sort of bubblegum pink mm. that for a while they didn't do. And I think they do it again now. But but for a while, it was a sort of limited edition. I thought of it as punk pink. Cool. And I loved, I loved that bike. And <laughs> one day I was in the Clerkenwell area of London. Mm -hmm. And um, I wanted to nip into a shop and get some supplies, beer and biscuits supplies. Excellent. Was, Very important. Running, Very important. Exactly. I was running low. <laughs> I said, yeah, I patted myself down <laughs> and thought, hang on, I haven't, got, I haven't got any beer or biscuits. So I <laughs> went into the shop and leaned the bike up against the window because the, the front of the shop was all window, basically. And the counter was right next to the window. Oh. Um, so I just nipped in, got my beer and biscuits, went to the counter and turned my back for five seconds oh, on, on the bike that was leaning up against the window. And as I turned my back, 
the the guy at the counter said, oh, oh, your bike, your bike. <laughs> and I turn uh... around and fucking Mark Zuckerberg is, <laughs> I swear, it was exactly Again. the same looking guy. Wow. Oh, boy. Little weedy white guy with a hoodie. He was on my lost bike in the 90s. He and was... he and he was just sort of pedaling off really, really fast, as you would do yeah. if the f- guy who owned the bike was standing right there, more or oh. less next to the bike. And so I just dropped my bag. My wallet was on the counter and everything. I just dropped everything and just raced after the bike. And he pedaled across. He pedaled across the, the road. Wow. And so I just ran into the road chasing this guy. Wow. A couple of cars nearly knocked me down. Oh, my God. And, um, and I just screamed as loud as I could. <laughs> Come back, you cunt! <laughs> as if swearing at him in the most strong way possible yeah. was going yeah. to make him think, actually, that is a good point. I, I, I better should. turn around. And I should Jenny? turn around. And then, um, oh, and then after that, because there was loads, it was lo- it was lunchtime. There's loads of people outside offices oh, standing around. Oh, this is in pre- the biscuits. It was lunchtime, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. this is pre a sweet lunch. Pre-COVID times, um, there was, was an atmosphere of still of, there when you went back because I was like, now he's going to get his bag stolen. Like, yeah, well, that shop. was the other thing. But I, I just thought, like, I've got to get the bike. So yeah. I ran, I ran after this guy for as long as I could. I was just going as as fast as my legs would carry me. And I was screaming, somebody stop that guy. He's got my bike. Somebody stop him. And of course, absolutely no No. one did anything. Everyone's standing there. What would you do if there was a mad middle-aged guy with a beard? Oh, okay. I mean, again, in fantasy land, I have a stick in my hand and it goes right through the front wheel. And that dude just flips over. Like immediately when you Uh said that, I'm like, I would have been there for you. Thanks, there. I would have found a stick in Clerkenwell, even though there's no fucking sticks. Clerkenwell. I mean, I've got previous with with this, so I think I'd just, I'd walk up to him and I'd just say, where'd you get that bike? Yes. You know, he'd be intimidated. Yeah. And then you've got to, then I spend the rest of the afternoon, you know, doing the desultory, phoning the cops, reporting the crime. Yeah. And then, and the woman I spoke to initially who took the, the, the call, was so nice and she was like oh i'm really sorry she was like oh that's that's a nightmare and she she was just the nicest person ever and then the cop that phoned me back was (laughs) couldn't have been more the opposite (laughs) yeah (laughs) he was such a fucking tosser and he (laughs) he just sort of sounded he you know he sort of thought and as I described, yes, it's a Brompton um, and it's pink. Yes, that's right. Yes. And no, I didn't chain it up. You know, and every little bit of information, he was like, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, you know, he, he was more or less just laughing at me. And then at the end, and then at the end, he said, I mean, it's not very likely we're going to find it. Um, but if anything, guess- uh, if anything comes up, we'll let you know. Ugh, and I guess you never, you never did. Was it insured? Did you get the money for it? No. Not <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> I mean, I'm a tit. I'm a, I, I, you know, I'm a terrible tit. And in a way, I deserved it. But in another way, 
No. I didn't deserve it. No, it was oh, it's a horrible, it. horrible story. Although I yeah. think I speak for all of us when I say, you fucking wanker. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then you moved to the country for your bikes, the way some people move out for their kids. That's right. <laughs> to keep exactly. them safe. Yeah. And we since did, we've been out here, I don't think I've got a single one stolen. <laughs> So, guys, that is a challenge from Adam Buxton yeah. <laughs> to the people of Norwich. <laughs> we do ask on this podcast, the other question we ask at this stage is, if you had that person, that guy, mm. Zuckerberg, in front of you, um, and you could, what would you say to him now? Um, he can't do anything to you. He can't, he can't attack you. He can't steal your bike. What would you say? What would your words be for him? Or do. You can punt him if you want. Oh, man. That's hard. That's a hard one. I don't know. I'm going to give you a serious answer, which is... Um, sure. I just say, there's got to be a better way. <laughs> I know things are hard. <laughs> I, I, I know society has, has dealt you a bad hand, or at least I suspect it has because I'm a pathetic hand-wringing liberal. <laughs> and I choose to believe that you are the victim of circumstances outside your control. Sure. And I love you and I, I want to help you. And I think that there's a great, great guy lurking beneath that fucking yeah. twat exterior. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to help him come out. In the meantime, if you are going to do crime, there's so much, of, there's so many better crimes that right. you could be doing that don't fuck up somebody's day and just rob them of something they genuinely love. Yeah. And there's so many ways that you could make a little bit of cash without directly screwing over individuals. Don't you reckon? Yeah, yeah. Do one of those victimless crimes. Yeah. What's your... <laughs> you say that very confidently, Katie. What's your top three victimless crimes? Okay. Bank robbery. Yeah. I'm drunk. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, talking of victimless crimes... We've not got one tonight, but we should probably move on to the true crime. Yeah, let's the, do it. Um, but um, yes, thank you for that. And thank you also. I yeah. think that's really nice. I think when, I mean, I'm, I think you've learned a lot there as well from uh, at the end there, just yeah. knowing that, you know, you could have punched him. Katie gave you permission. But. <laughs> I, the, the, the main thing I learned was if you've spent nearly a thousand pounds on a bike that folds up and is portable, <laughs> Why not fold it up and carry it into the shop with you <laughs> when you go into the shop? Because that's kind of the point. Now it's time for drunk women solving crime. So today we are discussing an art heist. Ooh, okay. Ooh. Okay, so how do we feel about art? Adam, you went to art school, is that right? I went to art school. I love art. I, I'm, I think art's absolutely great. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't, um, I'm not pro stealing art. Okay. So we're on the side of art with Adam, Katie. Yeah. I mean, are we talking about just portraits? What are we calling art? <laughs> well, I just, <laughs> I fucking that. hate I've got... portraits. <laughs> Katie's got conditions. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it Don't was get just... me started about sculpture. Oh, <laughs> I do like. I'm pro art in Hi. general. <laughs> Taylor, yes, I am for art. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, just no one's anti art apart from the Tories. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm just trying to ascertain 
if any of you you will know that my pronunciation is bad on these artists. No. So. Oh no, carte blanche. Apart I'm from not probably knowledgeable. Adam. I'm not knowledgeable about art. Okay. I'm saying this like Twitter doesn't exist and they won't tell me. But okay. So uh, this particular heist takes place in the early hours of March 18th, 1990, when 13 works of art were stolen from a museum. Mm. Two people posing as police officers gained entry to the museum, tied up the guards and looted the place over the next hour. So my first question to you is, were these heisters men or women? Sorry, what was the year again? 1990. Um, Adam was trying to make it big in America. Yeah, I was dreaming of I was dreaming of success in the United yeah. States. Getting bikes stolen left, right, and center. Not in what was I doing? I was, I was 1990. I was about to go to art school. Is what I was doing. No, I just started at art school, and um, I think that the world of crime was dominated in a very patriarchal way by men at that <laughs> point. I don't know of too many women art thieves. But then I don't know of that many art thieves at all. I'm going to guess that it's men, though, because men are such fucking bastards. <laughs> <laughs> They'll steal anything. <laughs> <laughs> We've got one for men. Katie? Uh, they pretended to be police. Did you say police officers or police Police men? officers. Police officers. So you left it gender neutral. Not that stupid, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, Hannah. <laughs> no. Um... I mean, I can't operate on him. He's my son. <laughs> that reminded me of again. I mean, yeah, my gut says men. Maybe one man and one woman. Let's let's hope for Bonnie and Clyde. But my gut says men. Taylor. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say a man and a woman. <sighs> Alas, they are men. Adam was spot on. Yeah. Um, okay. Bloody men. <laughs> it's always men. Although, don't you think that actually? If if the sisters got it together, they could more or less clean up in the art crime world for that very reason, mm -hmm. because they would just be able to do anything they wanted more or less undetected. Yeah. Or, uh, at least there would be that much more trust extended yes. to them. And you yeah. know what? I think Ocean's 8 proves that. There you go. <laughs> Ocean's um, women. Ocean's women, indeed. Um, so among the artwork stolen uh, was uh, The Storm on the Sea of Galilee by Rembrandt. So we've got a Rembrandt in there. Mm. Um, other paintings and sketches by him, one by um, Degas, one by Manet. There's a guy called Flink in there um, and a guy called Vermeer, um, and which was, they stole one of only 34 paintings attributed to him ever. So these were valuable paintings. Wow. Um, so just to give us an idea of what we're dealing with, like heist-wise, what do you think in 1990 those 13 um, paintings were worth in terms of a haul? Oh, my God. Like okay. millions and millions and maybe billions. I'm basing this on... <laughs> oh. Thank you, Detective Wilkins. <laughs> I'll pop that down in my journal. <laughs> you should really work in appraisals. <laughs> okay, just... Gonna clunk this one in. Um, I've been. That, that's that sounds like sexy talk. <laughs> <laughs> Round at my house. <laughs> now that you're all turned on, what I was gonna say was, um, I know nothing really about art at all, but I've read the Goldfinch. And they were that uh, he steals the goldfinch, but there's a fire in a museum, and he steals the painting. Well, he kind of saves the painting, um, but it's what like 
then he ends up in gangs and stuff. But like the painting is worth so much that they can literally phone the art police to come and save them because it's so valuable. So it's got to be like, okay, I'm going to go 24 million. I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm just laughing at the art police and sort of <laughs> no, the, the get up. Okay, that's what they call them in the book. They might not be called that. No, that's cool. <laughs> I'm just, are you picturing like a Picasso? Because I am like their faces are never quite. Anyway, uh, $737 million. Whoa, she's gone big. Have um, I gone too big? Yeah, Adam, I reckon I'm I went too small. I reckon I went yeah, too somewhere small. in between. What do you think? <sighs> Total value of all the stolen paintings. Including the Rembrandt and all the other ones. <laughs> okay. um, Manet, Veneer. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say uh, a modest 17 million. Wow, okay. that's lower than me. Well, I will tell you, the FBI valued the hall at $200 million. Oh, shit. Yeah, Taylor's closest. I'm sorry I went so high. No, I get mad at you guys when you do that. (laughs) But you were the closest. But do you know what? Actually, in 2020, experts say that if this happened in 2020, it would be worth $600 million. Whoa. I mean... Yeah, it's 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 a pretty big heist as well. That's I'm what saying. I call art appreciation. Am I right? Yes. Oh, yeah. But I don't. The thing about That's art good. crime, art theft, I don't understand is what is the point? Where do they? Who's buying these fucking things? Right. Like that, right. It, that is pretty. It's pretty obviously stolen. Yeah. How do you? <laughs> it's been in the news. Move that on. Is I it a I, private? It, it's is it, it private James Bond style it villains? Must be right. It who must who be. just have can, massive oh wallets? Kind of. Yeah, exactly. It's like everybody that owns a flat in Belgravia are exactly the people that would be like, "Don't care where it came from. Don't care what it costs. I need it in my house that I never go to." Right. Yeah, well, as as I was sort of like reading up on this, the art, yeah, art um, thefts and stuff. It is interesting because a lot of them do get sold on the sort of black market, but it's always to like, you know, millionaires, there's billionaires even. So there's only an amount of people that could buy them. But I think it is one of those things where people get, you know, they have parties at their really posh houses and they're like, do you want to see that missing uh, Picasso? And it is, it's it's this this point of like, come on. Um, So almost having a stolen painting, I imagine has more cachet. I don't... Socialise in those circles, but um, <laughs> but the gallery, well, the museum that we're at is the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum in Boston, in the US. Um, so we know that two men stole the art, and obviously all the artists are men as well. We don't want this to be too much of a sausage heist. So let's talk a little about Isabella Stewart Gardner, who founded the museum. Uh, she was born in April 1840 and was a leading American art collector. I can never say philanthropist when I'm drunk. Um, I'm not very nice when I'm drunk. That's like philanthropist. I'm painting. <laughs> philanderer. I mean, a philanderer. I mean. <laughs> so how do you think she got all this money? She is a woman in the 1840s and she's buying millions of pounds worth of art. Where, where'd she get that funds? Um, it's unlikely to be anything nice, is it? That's the sad <laughs> truth. It's probably going to be something bad. You know your history. <laughs> <laughs> but let's give her the benefit of the doubt and say that she set up some kind of greeting card business. <laughs> nice. I like it. Okay, with, we've got greeting with cards. Very, very qu- like quirky. Exactly. Like, like the 18th century version of Moonpig. <laughs> oh, wow. How great would that be? 
Hope you live till 27. (laughs) (laughs) That's adorable. It would literally just be all be get well cards, wouldn't it, in the 1840s? That's right. There's a whole TB section. TB, TB for my uncle. There it is. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. What is the font for any of those cards? I don't know. Um, I'm guessing she was married to like, a wealthy industrialist. No, but or then something. he'd get all the money. She has to inherit it. She has to He's be the dead. only female heir. Ding, That's ding, my ding, guess. Ding. Yes, she inherits the money. Um, she was the daughter of a wealthy linen merchant. Oh, mm. nice. The Dunelm of their day. Oh. Um, <laughs> and apparently she was a bit of a sleb at the time and created fodder for the gossip columns with her reputation for stylish tastes wow. and unconventional. Like the linen <laughs> Paris Hilton. Yes, she is. Um, and she apparently she had unconventional behaviour. One such example is when she turned up at a very formal concert in 1912 with the Boston Symphony Orchestra, wearing a white headband emblazoned with something across the front, which at the time was reported to have almost caused a panic. Ooh. What do you think it said? Free Tibet. Free Tibet. <laughs> um, yeah, what could Buy it be? Cotton. Folks for uh, women. I can't. I mean, this is this is why I'm not on more TV panels. <laughs> <laughs> um, what would she have had on her forehead? I don't know. All I could literally, all I could think of was "fuck Trump." Yeah, <laughs> I like she's before her time. Nice, um, Taylor. Any thoughts? Wait, what year is this again? It's 1912. Oh, Ooh, it's 1912. which is the Titanic year. Fuck everyone on the oh. Titanic. She could have had. Yes, so... go down on this. What? <laughs> That doesn't make sense. I have no idea. I've got idea. a hat with that on. That's weird. It said she's electable if you fucking vote for her. Did it say yes. I don't even want the vote? <laughs> Do you know what? No, it caused Actually, a panic. Gone, sorry. Yeah, but it, no, but it's quite boring. All it said was, oh, you Red Sox, which is like the baseball team. Oh, okay. Oh, so you re- that's a very oblique thing to say about the Red Sox as well. Like, what does that mean? Is she judging them harshly? Yeah, is she or is she saying, oh, is it sexy? Oh, you Red Sox. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is the thing. Like, huh. I read it and I was like, wait, what? Like, why does she? And also it almost caused a panic. But, <laughs> a panic. Wait, was the... Oh, yeah, the, I, guess the, I guess the Red Sox... Was there like a, a thing match then, tampering right? thing or something? Like, no. I imagine there's some context at the time that I'm missing here. Um, or she just <gasps> can't wait to find out. <laughs> but, but, or, or maybe it was like women weren't supposed to watch sports or something. Do you know what? It was probably something to do with that. Mm. We can, we can go all day self- on that question. <laughs> I just have to do a little self-conscious moment, which is what people really tune in for. Um, I don't normally drink beer. And as the girls know, I've I found some beer on my floor that's a Trappist ale, and it's seven point four percent. Seven point four. Yes. Oh man. And that's proper I, stuff. We learned out. Yeah, we learned out. We learned that Amanda, <laughs> our producer, has to cut out all of our swallowing sounds. And I just want to let you know that I'm paying attention to all of you, but I have been conscious of every single swallow that I've done since we started recording, and they've all been very loud. <laughs> They've been like Trappist swallows, you know what I mean? Gulps. And I'm How, like, I thought that I'm letting the saliva pool more than I should because I'm like, here comes another one. I'm sorry, Amanda. Like, it's going to be so bad. Man, you sound like me at the dentist. Oh, yeah. 
you need to have one of those um, little hoovers Sucky they stick things, in your mouth. But they're not there. allowed to in. No, wait. They have to suck you more in COVID. <laughs> I saw my dental hygienist the other day. I'm so sorry, you guys. We need to move along. It's no, this is getting sexy laughed. again. <laughs> <laughs> I just laughed at that and it sounded just like a dentist girl. I can't wait to hear that back. Anyway, Hannah, back to you. <laughs> this is where the drunken element comes in. I am Gun now <laughs> I'm now two and a half shots into my cognac. Yay, oh. nice. And I'm definitely feeling a bit tootier than I normally would <laughs> at, at this time on a Thursday evening. Yay. <laughs> Cheers, Mr. I haven't Boston. even I haven't even had supper yet. I'm just yeah. about to, I, I informed my family that family supper would have to be um, late tonight. Oh, I wow. I didn't oh, want to no. eat beforehand because I thought that's going to be unprofessional. I'll be belching. <laughs> uh, uh, that can't happen. And that so a... we're going to eat after this recording. Oh, but man. by that time, it'll oh. be after 9 p.m. And now I am, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm tooty. We're, we're keeping a whole family from eating, you guys. That's we are. Right. Do you know what? Now food is involved. I'm going to crack yeah, on with this shit. Yeah. You fed your bike though, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. Absolutely. Okay. I... Raw um, so, so basically, this lady, she died in 1924, um, but she had a direct effect on the robbery being able to happen in 1990. And this was due to some stipulations in her will. What Ooh. do you think they were? Only policemen are allowed in. <laughs> Glass, um, everything the, has to be visible from the street. Okay. Uh, the uh, Everything should be moved on a regular basis. Mm. Um, so it shouldn't be, I don't know, I'm drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? It, it, you're kind of right in the sense it's the opposite of that, which isn't right, but it's basically her will stipulated that no items were to be sold or bought in the collection. So... They weren't allowed to sell anything. They weren't allowed to bring anything oh, back okay. in. Um, so I had to what stay a boring com- fucking museum. <laughs> yeah, like once you've seen it, you've seen it. It never travels. Never go back. Yeah, and she <laughs> said there would be no, no renovations to the um, mm. to the building. Um, so when it came to improving security, the board of trustees didn't allow any improvements oh. between like 1924 and 1990. Drunk women solving crime. Exciting news, klaxon. Burp, burp. That's a klaxon. I used to think the word klaxon was from Star Trek, by the way. Anyway, CrimeCon, the world's number one true crime event, is coming to London in June 2021. So come along and get inside the criminal mind. How often can an event offer that? I mean, hardly ever, right? Also, learn from leading criminologists, immerse yourself in forensic evidence and delve deeper into unsolved crimes. And meet your favourite true crime podcasters. (coughs) (laughs) CrimeCon is the ultimate true crime weekend and we will be there all weekend. So come and join us, quote, DWSC and get a 10% discount. Limited tickets are on sale now. For more information, visit crimecon.co.uk. Crimecon. 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 <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. 
Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Also, because they, they didn't have any money because they couldn't sell any of these pieces. Or Again. they knew customers. Yeah, so they, they couldn't afford the insurance. They couldn't afford wow. good security guards, oh, which brings no. us on to... Um, oh my God. They just Rick. hired the Red Sox. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got the guys outside and they ring the buzzer to come in, the two policemen, and inside are the two security guards. It's only two security guards. We've got 23-year-old rock musician Rick Abath. Nice. Already, his not heart's not in it, is it? And Randy Hestand, who is age 25. Rick was a regular night watchman. And it was Randy's first day on the job. Oh. Wow. As security really? guards. Yeah. As security guards for the £200 million heist. Rick, 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 Rick Abath. And Randy headstand, hat stand. <laughs> what? Headstand. <laughs> what names? And he's that. All I'm getting drunk. That Rick A. Bath is a rock star, and Randy Hatstand is his <laughs> pal. And they're both security guards. They're security guards by day and rock stars by night. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, that is almost exactly what happened. Yes. And um, so Rick sees that they're on CCTV. He sees that they're policemen, so he lets them in. Yeah. Um, so they come <laughs> face Nice to face. one, Rick. <laughs> Are you policemen? Yes. Okay. In you come. <laughs> Apparently, um, Rick, when they first come in, Rick, Rick notices something a bit weird about one of their faces. Um, and it's, it's a Picasso because it's an art <laughs> cup. Yeah. No. Well, it's to do with the disguise. So, what is going on with the disguise um, that makes Rick go? I'm not sure well, about so he's this. disguised as a cop, and then something gives it away. Mm. Oh, Ooh. underneath his uniform, he's wearing a t-shirt that says, "This is what a feminist looks like." <laughs> <laughs> it's left field, but I like it. <laughs> yeah. Um, he is wearing the face of Nick Cage. <laughs> 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 because he has taken Nick Cage's face off. And that was the inspiration for the film. That's good. I really hope that's right. Oh, God. I mean, if there was a movie of this, yeah. Well, because, like, no, this is like, okay, it's not, but it's flashes of Die Hard. It's these people come in that Ooh. get through security. That would be a nice name for a, for a fragrance. 
Flashes of diehard. Flashes of diehard. <laughs> Flecks of sweat from the armpits of bruise winners. <laughs> Mixed in with some of the genital drippings of the fashion terrorists taking the Yakatomi Tower. What was it called? It was called Plaza. It? It, it was, was Plaza. Called the Yakatomi. Yakatomi Plaza. Plaza. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Um, but I'm still stuck on genital dripping. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's nice to have Men's Month. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Sure. You're welcome, Adam. Yeah. Um, this is this is what you're missing when you don't. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently one of them um, one of the policemen was wearing a fake moustache that was kind of falling off nice oh, oh, no. come, on. oh my God. come on guys mm-hmm. yeah classic so he was sat at the desk the security desk Rick and underneath the desk is the panic button that goes straight to police so they knew this and they needed him to stand up and come towards them so, he so what do you it. think they said to him to make him come hither Wait, to get Rick away from the panic button? To get Rick away from the panic button and just to talk to him by the door. Is Rick the rock star? <laughs> Good question. Because Rick if he is was, the rock star. they're like, oh my God, you're single. Hat stand <laughs> is my favorite ballad. Okay, so you think compliments? Compliments about his music. <laughs> oh, maybe, maybe they say there's like a crack in the door that they need him to have a look at. Okay. Or there's a noise or something. They're like, come over here and have a look at this. So what? This like, is that. What this is the cops the, saying the, to them? Yeah. yeah. The fake cops have an excuse to get him to get up and leave the panic. They're still button. pretending to be cops at this point as well. Mm. Right. Okay. Um, maybe they it. get in by saying, "We're arc. We are arc cops, <laughs> and we are checking. <laughs> we're checking for illegal strokes and unauthorized shading." <laughs> so they get in like that and then they they say wait art cops is that a real thing yes and they oh okay sorry come in and that's how it happened and it was the nakatomi plaza not the yakatomi i apologize oh, wow. that was very did you just a, google that yeah i did because i was worried like <laughs> i would sound I would sound racist if I got the name wrong. Do you know what? You were right. You were right too. <laughs> yeah. Um, You've saved us a lot of tweets. <laughs> yeah. Basically, what they did is they said to Rick that he looked familiar and there might be a warrant out for his arrest. Oh. Why does that Wait, make you get said, up though? Wow. That is really counterintuitive. Don't you reckon? Like, yeah. They, they, they're just, they're, they're, right. They're just trying to undermine the mental health of the guard. Yeah. You or look. Is, Dodgy. Yeah. And yeah, then they get in. Like someone. Yeah, they look- get in. So Rick goes over to them and they handcuff him. Um, and they handcuff him to a radiator, oh. which probably isn't protocol for the uh, police. And then um, Randy walks in and it's his first bloody day. He's not arguing. So he's um, then... <laughs> oh, Randy. <laughs> I know. He's then handcuffed to the... Um, well, what's their reason to handcuff him? Well, because he's a oh. guard and they need to go and... Nick so, the, so the gig is up. The jig is up. Yeah, the, the, jig, the jig is, is up. up. And then the... <laughs> the is big up. is up. Gig I is learned up. this Come word on. from the a book. The jig is Wait. up. So basically, the they, yeah, they handcuff them up. <laughs> to the radiator. Wrap a still. Get some. <laughs> the gig <laughs> is full. <Mother> the jig... <laughs> <laughs> the jig is great. The jig is danced. <laughs> so basically they're, they're attached to the radiator and the guys say look 
we're, we're not real cops. We are going to rob you. Um, and then they duct taped around the guards' heads and eyes. Um, oh, no. That's heads gonna and hurt eyes. coming off. Yeah, eyebrow damage. Oh, yeah. boy. Yeah, Poor Randy. Like, Randy's grandma is totally, like, waiting at home. Like, how was your first day? Was it wicked awesome? Randy and loves like, his fucking it? eyebrows. That's his best feature. <laughs> You're joking, aren't you? Randy's <laughs> never going to be able to get over that. If you take out his eyebrows, he would never do. He wouldn't pluck them. They're his <laughs> fucking best feature, you cunt. <laughs> also, Sorry, like, when I... he hits the newspapers and stuff, and like knowing that they would have said about the duct tape, you then like you'd have to walk around with no eyebrows for like three yeah. months. Like, yes, like, was that was that you, Randy? Yeah. That, no. Um, and this is the this is 1990, right? Yeah, yeah, 1990. And no eyebrows hasn't been a fashionable thing, as far as I'm aware, since I mean ever. I think, well, David Bowie tried no eyebrows in mid-70s, early Mm -hmm. 70s, in Ziggy days. Yeah. But he looked, I mean, his whole thing was to look bizarre anyway, but he looked grotesque, really. I mean, eyebrows are nice. Yeah, they're important. They're very important. And he he took that from them. And um, do you think, so also what the robbers... He did. And their bodily autonomy. There were two thefts that night and you can't put a price on Randy's eyebrows. There you go. (laughs) Exactly. How much was the art worth? 200 million? 200 million dollars. And those eyebrows, that is... Mm. It's like Eugene Levy. It's going to be worth... I mean, I'd say it's probably worth less, but still, it's (laughs) a lot. Do you think Eugene Levy insures his eyebrows? That's a good question because they really do look like bits of gaffer tape, don't they? <laughs> I bet he does. Yeah, I think he probably does. Wow. You'd have to. Um, Eugene, if you're listening, uh, let us know. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, basically what happens is they head into the Dutch room, which is the first room in the gallery, where there are loads of paintings on the walls. They didn't steal them all, but some of them they took off the walls but didn't take. Can you think why they would steal one painting and not the other? Too heavy? Too heavy? Frames. One's worth more? One's worth more. Uh, some of them have got like um, a bits of wire attached that go oh, into a little like, hole in the yeah, wall Yeah, like or drilled something. to the wall with nails. Yeah, Security that's what I would do if I was trying to protect paintings. <laughs> <laughs> little bits of wire like that. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> um, well, what it was, it was what they were painted on. So they smashed the glass uh, in the frames. And they didn't know whether it was on canvas or just painted straight onto wood. Oh. And the things that were straight onto wood or anything that wasn't canvas, they just left because they oh. were like, it's not worth it. We can't roll it up, essentially. And they, right, they took, okay. like, a, yeah, wow. they took a blade and like just cut them oh, really wow. roughly out of the frames. Like, oh. yeah, if you're an art lover, it's not a nice thing to, um, to hear, really. Um, but they were also puzzled. The experts were puzzled by the choice of artwork. Um, since more valuable works were left untouched. So which other artists do you think had worked in the gallery? And I suggest looking to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for inspiration. Leonardo. Yeah. Donatello. Oh, no. No, it's the other two. Michelangelo. (laughs) Michelangelo. And um, Gaza. I don't know. I don't know the names (laughs) of the other. Donatello. Who was the other one we said? Guys, it's Raphael. Oh, Raphael. Jesus. (laughs) And Banksy. Is that a- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, 
there was also a Botticelli in there as well. Um, oh my God, they had no idea what they were doing. Yeah, I think this, this is the thing. This is the thing. They just sort of smashed and grabbed, but they were there for about an hour. Um, and the robbers left the gallery. They stole the VHS tapes from the CCTV. Um, and then so basically it was the next day until Randy and Rick were found. So there's no arms or anything because they weren't allowed to add them. There was, there was nothing. Like there wasn't a wow. kind of... Other galleries had to call the police every Man, hour to say just, we're good. No, they would have like pissed themselves. They've got no eyebrows and they've pissed themselves. <laughs> I think oh. I'm about to piss myself, actually. Me too. <laughs> I haven't. I mean, I've literally, I'm, I'm drinking spirits. I've had four large shots of spirits. Oh, golly. Is that your last one? Yeah. And oh. um, I haven't paced myself. That's the thing. <laughs> or had dinner. Or I no. had dinner. And now I'm completely hammered. I can barely form a sentence. I'm on autopilot. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know? Um, okay, I'm gonna go for some, I'm gonna get some easy questions. Let's go. Um, the next day, <laughs> the gallery offered a reward, which was funded by Susie's and Christie's auction houses because they didn't have any money, the gallery. Um, so what do you think the reward was for information that led to these paintings? Money. But how much money? Any <laughs> money. Really? I'm going to go with marshmallows. Um, I'm going to say, want. I'm going to say air miles. A <laughs> uh, hundred thousand. A hundred thousand quid. I'm, I'm saying 25, 24 million. I'm saying. 24, 24 million quid as a reward. <laughs> I'm drunk, you guys. <laughs> and this is what's so good about this show. Is if you ever say anything that you kind of want to go back on. Go I'm sorry, but I mean, that I, I went very male there and I immediately poured a huge male bucket of scorn all over your suggestion no. there, Katie. Like, and it know, may well, well I mean, turn out to be correct. Funny, stupid, and I appreciate it's not right. it. <laughs> but I, I'm sorry, but I poo-poo your... I'm, <laughs> I'm poo-pooing... Your idea. I don't think it was that much. Okay. I think it would be somewhere in the region of, I mean, what does it take to motivate someone to grasp someone up? Ooh, ooh. Um, <laughs> I would, I would grasp someone up for 10,000 pounds. And maybe. I almost like, said 10,000 pounds. You actually. said 100,000, Taylor. I maybe did, but they I almost, get their names on the wall or something. You know, like when you get a bench when you die. Maybe <laughs> they get oh, they like, get a grass bench. I don't think you automatically get a bench. That's but what I know, thought when like I was maybe, little. I'm like, I can't wait to get my bench. Maybe like, when it gets oh, returned, there's a little plaque that says, you know, Joe Johnson. <laughs> so it's like the Kickstarter of its day. <laughs> get your name in the credits. Okay, so. A rat sat here. Yeah. Oh, Stitchy <laughs> McStitch face. Yeah. Gave valuable information which returned this portrait. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, well, it started at a million and then a was a million dollars. Oh, my Whoa. 24 million. Not so stupid, but still quite stupid. <laughs> but I've never heard. Have you ever have you ever heard the story of anyone who has become rich having received a reward? Because I right. never have. Yes. In the I just think that they are in the goldfinch. <laughs> yeah. The Donatark goldfinch. Yeah. In fiction. But in IRL. Oh, yes. Okay. I'm with you. Has anyone, <laughs> because you would think like they, they, they set up all these rewards, yeah. but there's all kinds of stipulations and small print to ensure that they don't actually have to pay out the full amount. Yes. Do you reckon? Yes. yes. There will well, be this... conditions. That's such a good point. 
Huh. This is what's interesting is that... So they get information, the, um, but they don't pay out a million. Well, it started at a million. Then it was increased to five million in 1997. So seven years but later. But this condition oh, that golly. only if it leads to a valuable thing is quite... Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a bit, yeah. Hmm. I bet there's then, reward tax too. <laughs> of course there is. <laughs> um, then in 2017, it was doubled to 10 million dollars oh my god and it wow. remains at 10 million dollars today guys What's the they've number? never Let's found call it, it. <laughs> i know who has it it's right they've behind me <laughs> <laughs> they've never found these 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 paintings have never been seen again oh my god really sitting in mansions somewhere oh man oh. or they've been yeah all the all right. the thieves got nervous and burned them you know, that's the thing is, is probably. <laughs> but yeah, like, or they just had a car crash or like their nan threw it out or like anything yeah, could yeah. have happened. Right. Or they just sort of, yeah, they, they, they're, they're in the bottom of a cat litter box or something. Yeah. Or that's more likely is that they are, they have not been properly respected all the stolen yeah. well, art. In- the gold they didn't finch. sound very savvy, so that's oh, here we go with the goldfinch again. Guys, <laughs> I've only kidding. read one book that everyone considers important, and by is God, it good? I'm the goldfinch, genuinely, yeah. And I'm not the kind of person that reads hard books, but it was, <laughs> gen- it was like the extenders of a really hard, important book. So it was like really brought you in with the kind of the emotions and the characters and the story, but it was still very important, and you had to concentrate. Mm. Okay. Quick okay, side you sold it to me. Oh, <laughs> side question from HG. Oh, quick side question is so te- the ten million dollar bounty, which is there today, is the largest bounty ever offered by a private institution. In fact, the only bounty that's ever exceeded it was from the U.S. government, uh, who put a two hundred and fifty million pound bounty on someone's head quite a few years ago. Who do you think that person was? What the person? largest bounty <laughs> is Osama here. Bin Laden? Katie got it in one, Osama bin Laden. Yeah. How much was his bounty? $25 million. Oh, delicious big bounty. (laughs) (laughs) But it's exactly what you said, Alan, is that nobody got that money. It it, it was like... Yeah, there's always a clause to help them get out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the US government just takes out the informant. It's easy. Sniper, boom, gone. Bradley there you Cooper, go. Yeah, Oscar exactly. nomination. That's why you never hear from these people who get the rewards. You really because don't they now get that you bring it up. Yeah, it's like the mafia. Well, this is the thing. So basically the people they thought that it could be is the mafia, the Boston mafia, the IRA, because there's a big Irish um The Boston community. mafia is here. They're searching for paradise. <laughs> He's the king of jingles, you guys. <laughs> Boston Mafia, if you're listening, um, I, don't, I mean, I don't know how much that will cost them, but just get in contact with Adam Bowman. <laughs> and the IRA, I'm not sure you should do a jingle for them, but um, but the if you IRA, want to, go for it. Yeah, sure, sure. The Irish Republican <laughs> Army <laughs> is here. They're searching for paradise. I mean, I'm doing like the bounty commercials. You understand that, right? From the 1980s. Do you remember the bounty commercials? I know I'm the oldest person here, but this is what I'm doing. Do you know what? When I wrote this case up, I never thought we'd have so much fun just with the word bounty. So I'm really pleased (laughs) that we've done that. 
But so basically, um, loads and loads of people have been accused of this, including the guards. The guards were kind of under investigation for a while. There was oh, poor Randy, eyebrowless Randy. His yeah, grandma's man. like, "You're a loser, Randy. Get in the car." Nobody knew how he felt about it either. <laughs> Embarrassing. So basically, what sort of attracted me to this story, just to bring it to a close, is that basically. <laughs> I don't just throw a chick off in the eye <laughs> I mean, it's not where we thought we'd end up tonight. But... I do admire you, Hannah. I must say, you are keeping it together in a massively impressive way. <laughs> I don't know what Katie's saying anymore. She's just doing noises. Do you know what? We've lost, we've lost Katie. But what we'll say is... Basically, because of the fact that Isabella Stewart Gardner said that she didn't want to change anything about these, about Katie's crying, about her gallery. Everyone's Um, just impressed you're still stringing sentences together. (laughs) Wow, how's she doing that? So disruptive, Hannah. You know what? It's it's all right. But basically, if you go to that gallery, that museum right now, the frames are up on the wall, but they're all empty. Because you're not allowed to change anything. Oh, what? No one learned any lessons. Taylor's stuck a bottle cap on her forehead. I did, and no (laughs) one could enjoy that because it's audio, but it's my third eye. It's my Trappist eye. It's world wisdom. (laughs) It's It's 7.4% of my wisdom. Beer eye. (laughs) Beer eye. (laughs) I mean... That's a great story, Hannah. That's well... Can can we give that a round of applause? Hey, sure. Thanks, guys. Change is good. Like, I That's why like hasn't was... anyone made that into a film? Well, yeah, exactly, exactly. And also the fact that it's still, like, those paintings are still out there or destroyed or whatever. Yes, that's the um, final That's the final shot just before the credits is what is being done with those paintings right now. And who knows? <laughs> Could it be, like, Raiders of the Lost Ark? They're just in big piles of other famous paintings. Yeah, we'll never exactly. Get to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh, okay. That's I know how to steal other people's ideas. Yeah. <laughs> can do it's that. something like that or it's, uh, you know, Boris Johnson's cat litter. Excuse yeah. me, I've got some wind issues now. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> You're right. It's all happening. <laughs> I cannot believe you haven't had dinner. I feel so bad. Right, yeah. what we're going to do is... <laughs> he just got poured two- an empty bottle into <laughs> his glass. Yeah, it's, I just had four oh. shots. I mean, this is good stuff, by the way. I don't even... I didn't think I liked oh. neat spirits. Chateau de Montifaud, M-O-N-T-I-F-A-U-D, cognac, fine petit champagne XO. Oh, baby. It's gone down smooth, but now uh, my children are going to be worried. What's happened to dad? Why is dad weird now? When I come back in the house. You're going to like accuse them of stealing those paintings. Yeah. <laughs> I've just been talking to some women about stolen art. <laughs> they were drunk and I don't, I don't endorse excessive drinking especially not on a thursday by the way no no, no to be fair us. No. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> us drunk women solving crime someone's written in saying dear drunk women we have a fridge thief at work who has progressed from the occasional yogurt and mars bar to a full salad buffet we think they're a vegetarian over a period of month over a period of month uh, we thought they peaked <laughs> the time they took two 
Wait, they took four of the six homemade passion fruit cupcakes, leaving the last two knocked over in a container with the lid off. But no, peak fridge thief crime involved the eating of the chocolate and only the chocolate from the top of a pile of profiteroles. Oh, wow. Oh, that's fridge, fridge theft. Mm. My advice, chill out. Because <laughs> it's a fridge. <laughs> Um, Do you know what? I almost feel like that's a good place to leave it. That is from Donna from Down Under. So, Donna, I hope that has helped because <laughs> I think we should let Adam have his tea. And um... <laughs> Have a fucking lie down more like. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, well, well, Adam, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, I apologise. I apologise no. for everything You've been amazing. I said. You've been an absolute delight. It was a fascinating story that Hannah was trying to communicate. <laughs> and I just, I mean, I'm going to fart fairly soon. So I'm going <laughs> to just... But Adam, just before we go, what are you up to? Is there anything you would like to plug? No. Oh, please Apart no. from no. your own butthole, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you don't fart now, you're missing the best opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to plug anything. It doesn't matter. None of it matters, really. Just be try to be nice to people. That's a really nice plug, actually. That's yeah, what it is. But also um, your new book is so great. <laughs> oh, thanks, Katie. That's very nice of you. And by the way, yeah. have you written a book, Katie? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Have you? What, what's your book? I've got a few books. Oh, Jesus Christ. I think I knew that about you. Yeah. But they're for kids, so calm down. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, still, well done. You did it. Thank you. And your audiobook is fantastic. You can get Adam's new book on audio. Or... Oh, yeah. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. No, it was sort of written as an audiobook, really. I'm not, yeah. I'm, I, you know, I think that you, everyone should own a copy of the physical thing. But if you haven't uh, downloaded the audiobook of Ramble Book by Adam Buxton, what are you doing with your life? It's, oh, it's so funny. It's so relatable. It's just... Uh, it's awesome. Who are, who, tell us who are the people that are talking on it. Me. It's, just, it's an audio book. Right? I mean, I've listened no, to it. I've, I've other people. Yeah, well, Joe Cornish turns up at the end. My comedy wife. At the end of the whole thing, when it's finished, because it ends with the death of my dad. So there's serious stuff and there's funny stuff. Don't avoid it because yeah. of the serious stuff. Don't worry. It, it, it won't permanently bum you out. But I deal with it. <laughs> I face it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so there's light and there's shade. But at the end, there's Joe Cornish who comes in and <laughs> takes the piss out of me. And I talk to him about the book and I talk to him about how he feels about his portrayal within the book because I do reminisce about our school days and awesome. our friendship and that kind of thing. That's so It's great. Cool. I loved it. The, the, one of the stories that stuck out to me, which was one of the reasons I chose this one, is that did you lick a painting at some point? Yes, that's true. <laughs> yeah. I mean that is that that, that uh, there's not there's not too many formally well structured jokes in the book, but one of them <laughs> it pertains to myself and Joe going and uh, licking some paintings in the house of a very wealthy friend of ours. <laughs> he had some he had like Monets and wow. Hotneys oh. and uh, all sorts of like real classic paintings hanging in his house. And we, me and Joe went round there when we were 
17, I suppose. And his parents were out and we ran around uh, licking and kissing the painting. And Joe, I sent Joe a copy of the manuscript before it was published and said, listen, man, if there's anything you're uncomfortable with, let me know. And his only note was, I don't know about the licking the paintings. I think that makes us look like yobs, like vandals. And um, I don't, I mean, we, we did it very lovingly and carefully. Yeah, sure. I That's felt nice. like we were restoring the paintings in some way. <laughs> I think it's a lovely gesture. Um, oh my God. Thank you. And on that note, thank you very much for being with us. Adam Buxton. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Anna KT Taylor it was wonderful. Drunk Women Solving Crime is produced by Amanda Redman with music by The Lion and the Wolf. You can follow us on Twitter at Drunk Women Pod and Facebook and Instagram at Drunk Women Solving Crime. And please review us on Apple Podcasts. And if you've got a petty crime you want us to solve, then write it in a review and we'll solve it. Thank you to Acast and thank you for listening. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher.